The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time, she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation, and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, <clears throat> download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Well, Lloyd, when we're in synchronicity with the, with the universe and we're um, calm and we have our life in order, then we can have less conflict in our life, or at least when conflict comes in, we can resolve it. And I've just been reading this wonderful book called Dancing in Rhythm with the Universe, 10 Steps to Choreogra- Choreographing Your Best Life by Barbara Miller. And um, so I, this is a really great guide for, for fulfilling your life. And I thought this fits in really well with our show. So let me tell you a little bit about our guest who's coming to us from Naples, uh, Florida today. Barbara Miller is an author and certified master life coach and a motivational speaker, and she is the founder of Barbara and Company International, Inc. She's the author of Dancing in Rhythm with the Universe, 10 Steps to Choreographing Your Best Life, and You Lost Your Marriage, Not Your Life, How to Create the Life You Want Your Way. And she's also authored You Lost Your Marriage, Not Your Life, Positive Thoughts Journal, and Your Best Life Now Journal. Barbara says her main goal is to empower women to lead their best life by overcoming negative thoughts and habits carried over from childhood. And, you know, everything that she talks about in her book really applies to men, too. And as a divorce mediator, I can really relate to this when I see these same issues in both men and women. Barbara believes that we have the power within ourselves to live life as a winner and not a victim. And, you know, that's one of my books is the, is the name of it is From Victim to Victor. So that resonated with me, too. But you can find out more about Barbara at barbaraandcompany.com. Also at our website at conflicthealing.com. You'll see her picture, her bio, and we link to her URL. So we are just thrilled to have Barbara join us. Thank you, Barbara, for joining us from Florida. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Okay, so this is a great book, and, and I love the cover, by the way. It's wonderful. Oh, thank you. I like the dancing. It makes me feel like getting up and, and dancing. So what made you write Dancing in Rhythm with the Universe? Actually, I wrote that book because I wanted an extension of my first book, You Lost Your Marriage, Not Your Life, which was a story of my uh, process through going through divorce and what I experienced. And I wanted a, 
another book to carry on from there. So uh, my readers could see that there really is life after divorce, and you can even have a very exciting life after divorce. It doesn't have to end there. And so this book kind of helps move you on to your best place. Yes. After divorce. Yes. And, you know, any of these tragic or difficult life experiences, such as divorce or death, you know, isn't the end, you know, except if it's, you know, if it's our death and it's, you know, we go on to the next place, whatever that is. But it, it isn't for our, our loved ones. It isn't the end. And there is a way, you know, we learn from each experience. And, and so that's what's really so important for people to remember is that, from every challenging experience in our life, we grow. And obviously you have by just, you know, what you've gone through. So in your first chapter, in Dan- which is dealing with courage, dance of cu- courage, you describe your own courageous move and you move from cold Grand Rapids, Michigan to, to Naples. So um, how did that happen? <laughs> well, I had very close friends living in Naples and they kept encouraging me to to move and i i was very very tired of all the the cold and um my husband my ex-husband was a high profile person and it i mean all of the relationships that we had as a couple were just gone and i decided that it was an absolute perfect time for me to leave and uh, move, and I wanted to do that for a long time. So it was, uh, even though I did have two friends here, it still wasn't a very easy move for me to do because I had come out of this terrible divorce, and uh, I had this large home that I couldn't afford to keep. I was really left with no money, and so I had to make this decision all by myself. So I just decided I'm going to do that, and I'm going to go and start a new life for myself. So that's what I did. And, you know, I have another client right now that uh, she moved from Southern California to Florida, as a matter of fact. And uh, one of her thoughts, again, was also all of her relationships that she had really related to her husband. And so this was a a new chapter in her life. And she decided to take that leap, which is a, a huge leap as well, all the way cross country. And, right. uh, and so she, you know, she seems to be doing well and getting used to it. And the good news is she doesn't have any state income tax. <laughs> so, so that was something that, you know, but, but for her as well, it's, um, it, it, it is a shift. And sometimes when you're going through that shift, it's helpful to, to make a big leap like that and just start over. And, um, but you have to have courage. And that, uh, that's one of the names of that, that chapter is the dance of courage for the first one too. That takes courage to get up and move and do something different. It even takes courage to divorce. Many times people will stay in a, in a marriage that they, both parties are very, very unhappy and they'll stay together. And it takes courage to, to say, this isn't really healthy for either of us. So that, that takes courage. You're Absolutely. So- your second one, uh, your second chapter, I thought was interesting. It talks about the dance of intention, and um, you talk about growing up in a house of violence. And can you talk about that? I, there are many people that might be listening in who also grew up in a house like that. So, tell us about the impact that that had on your life and and how you changed. I think growing up in a house of violence, um, you learn that at a young age, that you have no control over your life. This is how you perceive it. 
you have no control over your life, this person, and in my case, my father was a violent alcoholic, has control over everyone in that household. And uh, I, what, what that did for me in the long run was it made me feel that I didn't have any control over my life ever. And that made me easily manipulated by men and others in my life. And I was a long time healing from that in order to learn how to use my own voice for myself and not be controlled by others. Right, right. And and sometimes people feel that's that whole victim personality. If you continue in that victimization, you kind of bring what you know from the past, from our childhood. We bring a lot from that past to our life. And then we have to stop one day and say, wait a minute. I don't have to do what I did before, right? You exactly. Find it, it's like an awakening. Wait a minute. That was the past. The past does not equal the present, and it doesn't equal the future. But unfortunately, people keep in that past, and they keep reliving the same kind of stuff and bringing people into their lives that do the same thing, right? Yes, and that's and what you said is very, very important. Your Your past can define who you are, where you got to, but it does not have to define your future. Right. And, and that's what people have to really start to get centered about and understand it. So to be able to get there, you have to have goals. And so your third chapter talks about the dance of goals. So um, let's talk a little bit about that, about writing and compromising your own goals and desires. And are you, you know, do you do it to please someone else? Or do you do it to please yourself? And, and how does that, you know, um, relate to anger and, and resentment? I think that as women, um, we are, we are, there are so many expectations. We're, we're mothers, we're wives, we're, we're um, PTA runners, we're, we're doing everything, keeping house, doing everything for everybody, and, and many times holding down a full-time job. And we don't, stop sometimes to think about, is this really everything that I want to be doing? One of my coaching clients right now shared with me how she had spent her whole married life um, raising the children, which was fine. She chose to do that. But when they reached an age where she felt she could go out and work, her husband fought her every step of the way and didn't want her to do it because he was losing control. And she had never even realized how controlled she was. And she said, no, this is what I want to do. I'm going to work. And she did, and she's never been happier. Yes. But he does not like it still. But good for her. She stepped out, and she made a goal for herself, and she honored it, and she's doing what she wants to do. And I think that is so important for us so that we don't feel trapped. Right. The The issue that arises under those circumstances often is that that the dynamics of the relationship change, and then often that leads to people dissolving the marriage because they can't grow together. It's it's really important for her to be able to help him understand how this is her evolution, and if he can live with that evolution, then they can create a greater life together. But if he can't, that might be the end of that relationship, right? That's right. Yep, yep. And, you know, I, I see this all the time, especially 
with, um, like you said, women. And I think that's changing in the younger generations, but the older generations, that they did stay home, that they were the, you know, the the social uh, light of the of the marriage, and they took care of the husband, they took care of the kids, they work, they do all these different things. And, um, and when they want to really come out of their shell when they've done a lot of these things and it's time for them, then often that causes some challenges. So that's a problem. It can be a problem. But I I have a client right now that throughout her marriage, she always acquiesced to everything her husband said. So even now, during the dissolution, she still wants to do that, even though it's not in her best interest. And and that is... uh, that's something that I think people need to go into counseling for or get a life coach like you for them to realize that, hey, he's moved on with his life and that's okay. He has that right to do it and you need to move on with your life. You don't have to keep pleasing him. You need to take care of yourself just like he's taking care of himself in a in a positive way. Yes, and I think um, having clearly defined goals is, is, is a major player. Um, and writing them down breathes more life into them to know what you really want to do with your life and put it in writing and look at it. And, you know, it just begins to take on a life of its own when goals are specific. We need to be specific with what we really want to do with our life. Yeah, and it's it's so sometimes it's very much of a challenge for people to do that. As I sit with people in divorce and I'll say, okay, so now what what would you like to do? Because in California, um, the spouse who hasn't been working, can, in addition to spousal support, can get support for retraining. But if they don't know what they want to be retrained or get, you know, then, then it's a challenge because then they can't get money for it if they can't. <laughs> you know, come up with something like, oh, you know, I'd like to become an accountant or I'd like to uh, have some other profession or I'd like to start a business. You know, that's very important. So I think they need a plan. They need a plan. And it's it's helpful to have a coach or a counselor to help them weed out like, you know, if what would you like to do? Or if you didn't, you know, if you did know, what would it be? (laughs) That's the kind of questions I ask my clients. Well, what do you want to do? And and let's figure out a way that you can do that so we can have a, um, you know, a positive way to move forward. I even ask them, what would your life look like if you didn't do anything? What would your life look like if you didn't change anything? Mm. And that kind of get some thinking that, well, do I want my life to go on exactly like it is? Right. That's a great question. I'll have to use it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, And then the next one, um, you have the dance of success. All right. And so um, you you talk about in in the dance of success, you know, how how to get successful and, and what do you have to do to be successful? Well, I think in order to be successful, you have to, once again, have your clearly defined goals so you know what you're succeeding at. (laughs) You've got to be um, defined and visualize what you want, and I think that's the first step. Um, And visualize that. wired, and it's pretty simple about seeing things that you want and seeing things that you don't want, and I think that is very important in your success. Not everybody's going to find success in the same way. Um, you, I have women who come to me and they have found success in um, losing weight. 
they came out of a terrible divorce, and they said, oh, I let myself go, I'm back to the gym, I just wanted to be successful at something, and she came back to me 30 pounds lighter, wow. and she was so happy. She said, oh, I'm so glad I got rid of <laughs> rid of that man, I never want to see him again, I'm so happy, I'm dating, and mm. you know, so... That was her definition of success was that she was able to move away from the past and move into the future. Right. So I think that's a that's really, really important in in your success. It's what you really want to do. And the first thing is step out of the past and start living in the present and looking forward to the future. And I think that will help you define your success as to what you want. Yes. We're speaking with Barbara Miller, who is an author and certified master life coach. And she is this author of this wonderful book that we're just talking about right now. And um, and that is called Dancing in Rhythm with the Universe, 10 Steps to Chore- Choreography. Uh, choreographing. I'm having a trouble with that word today. Uh, it's 10 Steps to cho- Choreographing Your Best Life. So, you know... Uh, when you were just talking about, you know, get out of the past, I think a lot of people have these tapes that go on in their head. And I remember even when I went through my divorce, I didn't want to think about the past. And I kept thinking to myself, wouldn't it be wonderful if I just could take that file, like a computer file, and delete it, right? Exactly. <laughs> I just really wanted to do that. And and you have to almost focus on those negative thoughts and those negative beliefs. And so in Chapter 5, you talk about the dance of words, that our words are really powerful, right? And if we use negative words, they create negative beliefs. So talk a little bit about that. Yes, watch your thoughts, listen to them, because they evolve into words and they shape your life. Our thoughts are so powerful. And I think we can become so negative with what we have from our past still in there and nasty stuff going around in our head. And we put these words out into the universe or our thoughts out into the universe and they can shape who we actually are. And those negative thoughts can keep us I use the analogy in the book of being shrink-wrapped, like invisible cellophane around us, keeping us shrink-wrapped. And until we can get those thoughts out of our head and start living from the inside out, once we start living from the inside out instead of the outside in, where we take everything in, everything in, everything, suck it up and deal with it, start living from the inside out, we can bust through that shrink-wrap and have positive thoughts going out there into the universe, expressing what we really want and who we really truly are. Yes. And, you know, no one wants to be around someone who's constantly negative. That's another thing, that if you want to have healthy friends and healthy relationships, they really don't want to hear negative stuff all the time. So that's going to really hurt you and you're going to feel lonely, especially if you've gone through some kind of a divorce or there's been a death in the family or there's been something, you know, to stay in that place with those words. There's um, one of the things I have hanging next to my computer is a list of positive words because I deal with people who are in conflict all the time. So if they say, this is a problem, I'll, I'll repeat 
uh, kind of reflect back and say something like, I know this is a challenge for you. So choosing a word that's a positive word, problem is a, is a negative word. Challenge is a word like, okay, this is something that I can get through. I can overcome this challenge. So think, getting yourself to think positive words instead of negative words really changes your whole, shifts your thinking. Absolutely. And, and, and so I know I have to do that all the time with my clients. They'll say something negative and I'm going to turn it, you know, without, I, I mean, I hear them and I'm sensitive to it, but at the same time, I tell them, you need to think in terms of what is the opposite of that. You know, how could you make that negative thing into something positive? And um, so that's that was what I was thinking of when I was looking at your chapter as well, is just your thoughts create your reality. And so mm-hmm. you have the power to change your thoughts. People don't think that they do, though. Did you notice that? People mm-hmm. think that I, yeah. can't, I can't help myself that I'm thinking about that. And, um, and I, I tell them, okay, well, l- listen to me for a few minutes. Just imagine yourself on a beautiful beach in Naples and the palm trees are swaying and the birds are flying and the wind is gently in your hair and there's wispy clouds. Can you see that? And they go, yeah. I go, okay, well, you just changed your thoughts. So you can do that for yourself. <laughs> yeah. And and that's really important. Absolutely. It's paying attention to what's going on in your head and checking those thoughts and replacing it with something positive, which is what you just said. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. And so when you have these um a negative past, you know, what steps do you tell your clients to take to shake off a negative past to to bring about the change that they want in their lives? What steps? There are steps you can take, and some of those steps can just be um, some lifestyle changes. For instance, um, go to the gym. I, I have so much freedom mentally when I go to the gym. You'll meet happy people there to, to talk to even at the gym. Yoga classes, meditation classes, all of these things change your brain even. Meditation is an amazing thing. It can even enlarge your brain. But when you do these things, it, it activates those happy endorphins. It, it, it actually makes you happier. And people don't really understand that that is, is major for us to not be sedentary, not be sitting around complaining and, and reflecting on the negative aspects of our life. And I, I know how hard that is. I did that for a year and it was so awful. It, but, I finally pulled myself back to reality, back to the land of the living, which is what we have to do when we've come through a nasty divorce, and set your feet solid and say, okay, I can do this. I can master this. But surround yourself with positive, happy people. Uh, if you're in this um, downward spiral with all these friends who have all these issues and you're constantly going back and rehashing and rehashing everything that you've experienced, you're not going to have time to heal and get over it. And I didn't want people to tell me to get over it. I wanted them to just help me figure out how I could fix this. But you have to get over it, and you will, and, and time will help you get over it. But you'll certainly recover faster if you surround yourself with happy, positive people and, and, you know, have a good diet of fruits and vegetables and good things. And um, you, you'll begin to feel better, look better, and like yourself better. Yeah. <laughs> so those are good things to do. Yeah, and, you know, we're not saying for those of you who are listening who have gone through a divorce or you've had your loved one die or you've had a 
terrible accident or you've you know been through some very you know dis, dis, difficult times in your life that you shouldn't grieve because we do know that you have to grieve and you have to go within and there are times that you have to just be with yourself and not get out and just kind of allow yourself to get through the grieving process that's right but, but you know but don't don't be stuck there you know that's Absolutely. that's the thing is not to be stuck i mean i remember um, when I was going through my divorce after 18 years and my two kids, and it was a really rough time. And I, I also, my parents were dying at the same time, and I was trying to take care of them. They had moved out to California from Chicago, and it was just a, a, a very dark night of my soul. And I had to allow myself to just be with that, be with that pain, be with that, that you know, hurt. And I think uh, you do have to grieve. Yeah, yeah. But, Absolutely. but I think what you're saying is is just, you know, once you've done that, start to come out of it, surround yourself with people. Don't keep talking about the negative stuff that happened. Just kind of get your focus on moving forward, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So you actually talk about that. Um, in, in Chapter 6, you talk about the dance of happiness and that, no one makes us unhappy, right? We have the power to, and we are responsible for our own happiness, right? Yes, we define our own happiness. And I couldn't figure this out. And I got this quote from the Dalai Lama, which I love. He says, if you want to be happy, show compassion. If you want others to be happy, show compassion. And I thought, compassion, really? Is that going to make me happy? If I go around showing compassion on people, I was a dismal failure trying to practice compassion. And people don't want sympathy. That's not compassion. What I learned, I have this little thing that I do, and I go on my walks to the beach early in the morning, and I see some people going along. Some are older, and they're just kind of poking along. And I give them blessings. They don't know it. But I pretend it's um, angel wings covered in sparkly angel dust, and I sprinkle it on them, and I wish them blessings. Well, interestingly enough, some of them turn around and they look at me like, what did you do? I know you did something, (laughs) but I don't know what you did. And so I just smile and wish them good morning. And I have found that what, what happens is what I mentioned earlier. It opens your inner sanctum, and you go out there projecting love and gratitude and peace and joy and all of these things that are good and they pick up on that and so that's how compassion makes you happy yes and you know barbara when you're talking about compassion and gratitude and having an attitude of gratitude um that again just shifts your thinking if you you know you look toward other people instead of wallowing in your pain but you look out of side of yourself and you're grateful for a friend that comes over and brings you a meal. Uh, you're grateful from, for a phone call from a friend who's worried about you. You're, <clears throat> you're grateful for somebody who opens the door for you. Uh, just looking for those things to be grateful for. And like you said, the compassion is just... Uh, I've told some of the people that have come in that have been very uh, self-absorbed to do to do some volunteer work, 
you know, if they don't want to get a job, they, you know, people always, there's always something you can volunteer, volunteer at the dog shelter or volunteer at a hospital or something. And that really is a way of being compassionate. Or like you said, shifting the energy by, by giving blessings and prayers for someone. That's, you know, it's like looking out for other people. So that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, we we only have a little bit of time left, but um, why don't... I'm just looking at the clock here. So why don't you just give us your website and um, and the name of your book again, and it'll be time for us to go. Okay. It's um, barbaraandcompany.com, www.barbaraandcompany.com, all spelled out. And um, my... Let's see. What else did you say? Oh, yeah. You could give us the, the name of your book, your new oh, book. Oh, the name of the book. Yeah. Of course. Dancing in Rhythm with the Universe, 10 Steps to Choreographing Your Best Life. Well, Barbara, thank you so much, and keep up the great work and being positive, and we'll have you back again for your next book. Oh, thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. and visit up our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks. expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.